If you don't already have them open there, open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 27, and we'll be looking at verses 5 and 6 today in particular. Uh, Early on in our marriage series, uh, marriage and family series, you may remember me saying something about, something something to the effect of, uh, this is important, our relationships with husband and wife, with our children, or if you're a child, with your parents. Uh, These things are incredibly important, but they're not the most important. The most important relationship is your relationship with the Heavenly Father through Jesus. And the reason we keep reinforcing that is it's very easy to get focused on horizontal relationships while neglecting our vertical relationship. And then what happens is we end up trying to perform a lot or trying to do all the right things and getting frustrated when we don't, get frustrated at other people. And it just becomes a mess. But that's because we've got the cart before the horse. And so we've been saying, I've been saying, not just I, Craig and, and, and uh, Matthew, we've got to focus on our relationship with the Lord so that as we speak, as we strive to serve, we're able to do it through the Spirit's power and not sort of uh, gritting our teeth and trying to do it according to our own power. And so this leads to an important uh, set of verses, a couple of verses here in the book of Proverbs uh, that I, I introduced last Sunday morning. And I'll tell you, this passage does not address marriage, uh, does not directly address uh, marriages and families. You say, well, why, why is it part of the marriage and family series? Well, because marriages are made up of individuals who have other individuals, maybe, if they have children. And so this passage is addressed to every individual, which means it's addressed to husbands and wives and children and grandparents and brothers and sisters in Christ and the body of Christ and all that sort of stuff. So you get the idea there. Uh, And we're looking at verses 5 and 6, and um, the writer of Proverbs, Solomon here, is telling us He's kind of introducing four ways of relating. Now, directly, he's speaking to the one kind of who's listening, right? If someone speaks to you about something, you're the listener uh, in that that, uh, conversation or relationship. But what we see here are four styles of relating, right? Uh, Sometimes we think about the word careful. Um, And what we see here is that our communication must be careful or full of care, if you will. And we need to depend on the Lord and allow his love throw, flow through us so that we can carefully communicate with open love. Read Proverbs 27, 5 through 6 with me. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. I remember a pastor uh, giving me advice, uh, and, and uh, I shared one story last week. I'll, I'll actually repeat part of that story this morning, but uh, I remember a pastor giving me this advice. He said, the effectiveness of your ministry, and I happen to be talking to pastors, but this would apply in life uh, as well. The effectiveness of your ministry is directly tied to your ability to rightly process and handle pain. The effectiveness of your, of your life, of your relationships, is directly tied to your ability to rightly process and handle pain 
with the Lord. Why? This is a painful world we live in, right? As a body of Christ, we, we hurt each other and we're hurt by one another. And so we have to learn, okay, in these situations, well, how do I rightly process this? And how do I, how do I take this to the Lord? He was getting at a truth that, that Nicholas Ellen and Rich Thompson helped me understand when talking about these four styles of relating. So the Lord helped me pair that with another truth from a pastor when I was in college. Uh, I had received uh, some criticism. I was a young adult in the church. I was learning the ropes of ministry. Um, and, uh, and so I was leading out in some areas, and I'd received some, um, some harsh criticism from others. And um, part of what they said was right. Part of what they said was, was wrong, um, as I understood it and as others helped me see it. But one day I was kind of complaining to my pastor about this, kind of talking about this, and I was kind of like licking my wounds. And, and I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, you've got to, he said, Matthew, you've got to be mature enough. Uh, and you've got to trust the Lord's work in you enough to be able to hear what they say, even if the delivery is wrong. Take it in and take it to the Lord and ask the Lord to help you see if there's truth in what they said. Don't give yourself permission to discard what they said just because their delivery was poor. And sometimes delivery is poor, maybe not even sinful, but just poor. Right? I was pretty sure this was sinful. <laughs> but you always are when you're the one that's sinned against or offended. And so this is something for, I don't know, 25 years I've been working on, learning continually. Sometimes I have good days with it, sometimes not so good days with it. But it's a truth that I pray the Lord always uh, helps me uh, remember. So this, this passage, these two verses, these two verses use a, a better than, uh, this is better than that kind of communication. There's about 20 other verses in the Proverbs that use a similar communication. And so if you look, I'll put this on the screen for you. There's four uh, styles of relating that, that the, proverb, the writer of Proverbs is talking about here. The first in verse 5a, when he says, better is open rebuke, better than open and unloving communication. I'm just going to summarize right now, and then we'll... We'll get to the bottom of it. We'll, we'll work through it uh, in a few minutes. So that open and unloving communication is better than closed and loving communication. In other words, if you have love that's hidden or not expressed, just keeping it to yourself. I have to be careful to keep moving, otherwise we'll, we'll get stuck here. So better open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Open and loving communication. And profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Closed and unloving. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. So a Christian's goal, and therefore a Christian spouse's goal, a Christian parent's goal, a Christian child's goal, a Christian sibling's goal, is to live in open and loving relationships and that style of communicating. One that's expressed by number three, uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend, that which is open and that which is loving. So how? Well, as one who's been saved by God's grace, as one who has been a recipient of Jesus perfectly living out every commandment, every thought, as one who Jesus laid down his life for at Calvary, and as one who 
has the power of the Spirit of God indwelling you, which is demonstrated by the resurrection of Christ from the grave. You have the power to be able to do this. You have the tools you need in Christ. Sometimes uh, you, I talk to people about saying things, and, and, and I say this sometimes myself too, but somebody will say something like, you know, oh, I can't do that. It's like, well, well let's just hang on. Let's just see, what, does the Lord say we can do it? So the Lord says we can do it. We need to change the I can't to I don't want to, or well, that would be really hard. Okay, I mean, I can square with you there. Really hard, right? Living as a Christian is hard. It's difficult. It's what we're called to, right? But if the Lord says we can do something, then we shouldn't make the Lord a liar by saying, well, I'm, I'm not able to do that. Right? And I, I know that sometimes in the way we speak, we don't actually, we're not actually saying it's impossible. But we have to think about the words that we're using uh, as we're thinking through, through, through those kinds of things. Right? So consider not just how you are, but uh, how you're relating to people in general. But I want to ask you to consider today how you're relating to people in each relationship of life. This is the kind of thing that requires us not just to say, what's my personality? Do I do pretty well at this? But you have to think about, well, how do I do in this kind of communicating with my wife or ladies, with my husband? Or if you're not married, with my friends? How do I do in this kind of communication with my children? But even there, how do I do in this kind of loving and communicating with each child in my family? Right? Kids, how do I do in this kind of communicating with my siblings? How do I respond to my parents? You get the idea? You have to kind of take these questions and kind of work through each relationship. Don't try to do it all at once. Just ask the Spirit to help you as you're thinking through these things. And the Spirit is faithful. He'll guide you and He'll help you. Right? So let's look a little bit more closely at these four styles. Uh, I just want to, I'm going to give an, a brief overview of them first. And then at the end, I'm going to kind of come back with a, what are some really practical and tangible ways that, uh, that we can learn to communicate in open, loving relationship with others. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give an overview first, and then we'll come back and, and we'll look at that. There are times I've been communicating things to my wife uh, or to the boys in ways that were unthoughtful, in ways that were unwise, right? I mean, sometimes you're at the end of the day and you're tired and whatever the case might be, and you've asked them to do what you've asked them to do, or you've communicated something to them, and they're just not doing it. And so we feel fully justified in flying off the handle. Well, that one's a pretty easy one to say, no, we're not justified in it. No. Do they need to, if you're talking to your kids, do they need to obey? Of course they need to obey. But when your children obey, it, or I'm sorry, when your children disobey, it doesn't ever give us the excuse, parents, to fly off the handle. It doesn't matter how tired we are. It doesn't matter how whatever's going on in our mind or our heart. No. In each situation, we're called to submit to the Lord and learn what this is like. Now, I don't do it right all the time. So you know what I have to do sometimes? Come back to my kids and say, Brayden or Skylar, I owe you an apology. Now, you still disobeyed, and we'll talk about that, but first... I was short with you. I said something that was hurtful, or maybe the words weren't hurtful, but my tone was hurtful. Sometimes, and we have to remember this, sometimes our body language communicates as much 
if not more, or contrary to the words that we use. So sometimes you can give a look. The problem with that is uh, we need words to help interpret our looks, our body language, so that we're sending a consistent message, right? And so we have to work on that. Sometimes you have to go to your spouse. I'm really sorry for the way that I said that to you. Reasons aside, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Right? Now, this isn't just like a, a process you just go through, even if you don't mean it. Oh, I got to apologize, so I'm going to apologize. No, well, that's just lying, flattery, manipulation. No, I got to go to him and, and apologize, right? He's saying uh, even an open rebuke or open and unloving communication is better than love that's hidden. What an interesting comparison, right? So sometimes our relations can, relationships can be open and unloving, right? This does not mean that a rebuke is unloving. This doesn't mean that correction is unloving. In fact, the Bible calls us to rebuke one another when it's appropriate, when it's necessary. The Bible calls us to correct one another when it's necessary. But there is a way to correct someone. There's a way to, uh, to uh, rebuke someone in a way that can be loving. Uh, and not just the words you say, but the way they're communi- communicated can be loving. A rebuke comes from the root meaning. It means to decide or to judge or to reprove or to correct. The word love comes from the idea of uh, one who loves, a friend who loves. And so an open rebuke and an open and unloving style of relationship, it means rebuking someone without respect. Exposing sin in a rude and an inconsiderate way just because somebody's doing something wrong. And so we justify the way we're saying it because what they're doing is wrong. Exposing character flaws with a certain harshness to it. Speaking truth without a loving intent. Right? Sometimes we feel like, well, it's my job to go around this world and just correct everybody. I mean, the Bible says, speak truth in love. In love. Love has everything to do with motives, intent, purposefulness, right? Now, I'm going to be speaking to the way we communicate with others, and I want you to also be thinking about how we hear things from others. And I also want to ask you to listen to the inner dialogue that's going on in everyone's minds and hearts now. I mean, even as I'm preaching, I have some of it going on in my own mind and heart. And I want you to ask yourself, are you defending, justifying, or excusing something that you might just consider your personality? You know, be careful that you're not saying, well, that's just my personality. Well, it might just be unchristlike and unloving. Period. Well, I was just raised that way. You should have heard my parents. Okay. Okay. And now as one who has repented of your old ways, trusted in Christ alone for his salvation, and is putting on Christ, walking in the Spirit so that we don't gratify the desires of the flesh, you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. 
which works new life in you, and we are called to work out what God has worked in us. You have a new perspective for viewing others, for communicating with others, for thinking through how you think about these kinds of conversations. Now you've got the Spirit's wisdom to help you through that. You are able. And when you don't surrender to the Lord and live in the right way, it doesn't mean it's all over for you. It means you you got to make something right, you make it right. And then you start over again. And you say, by God's grace. Sometimes I have the um, privilege of, you know, counseling people or talking to people. And one phrase that is helpful is, because sometimes we kind of say, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. And sometimes people will say, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I say, let me just, let me help you introduce a phrase that might help you think that through. By God's grace, I will, and then fill in the blank. Because what we need, I mean, what we deserve is God's judgment and condemnation, but what we receive and what we're able to do is God's grace, which empowers us for Christ-like living. So how's the Lord wanting to recognize if this is you in some relationships or some communication? But even with that, he's saying a, a wrongly communicated rebuke a strong, truthful challenge that someone doesn't like to hear, even that is better than hidden love. Now, that seems entirely counterintuitive. He's saying if you love someone and you don't communicate it, that's unhelpful. It's good to love people, but we're called to, you know, sometimes when we we talk about Ephesians 4.15, we think about speaking the truth in love. Uh, a word that we often jump over is the word speak. All right, we think speak truth, and I need to speak truth lovingly. Well, yeah, but you need to speak. Use your words to communicate in ways that are loving and that build others up and that edify, even if they're harsh words, even if there are things that need to be said that someone, you know, disagrees with or are going to be hard. We have to speak. And so sometimes our relationships can be closed and loving, or what he refers to here is hidden love, right? Maybe you're appreciative, but you're not expressing it to someone. Maybe you're concerned about something or someone or how someone is doing, but you're not showing it. One of the challenges in a room like this is to think, I'm sure somebody else will tell them. Right? You're not necessarily ill-motivated, but maybe it makes you uncomfortable to walk up to someone and encourage them. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. We're still called to do it. We're still called to express these things to others, right? Do you have praise in your heart, but you're not voicing it to the Lord? Right? We want to think of all of these things first and foremost with the Lord, and then how it works out in our horizontal relationships. Are you desiring the highest good of another person, but... You're not communicating or, or asking the Lord to help you see how you can come alongside of someone. Sometimes a need is communicated. And we think, oh boy, I'm so glad they're expressing this need. And I sure hope that someone works to fill that need. It's not necessarily with ill intent. It's just love. Genuine love. 
for someone that's concealed or that's hidden, not expressed. And so we have to be careful that we don't excuse ourselves by saying, oh, the, the Lord knows I love them. They know I love them, right? We use the joke about the married couple. You heard it a million times. It didn't raise it with me, right? I told her I loved her on the day I married her. If it ever changes, I'll let her know. It's funny. It's completely unbiblical. Right? Sometimes our relationships can be open and loving. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. That's the goal to aim for. Right? In other words, you don't have to walk around trying to wound people to be a faithful friend. But if you need to rebuke someone, and we don't, that word even seems harsh. If you need to correct someone, I mean, it's a Bible word, so we're just going to go with Bible words. If you need to rebuke someone, the goal is to, to do it flowing from love and striving to communicate it in love. And sometimes, and I'll tell you, friends, this is a, both a spiritual discipline and a skill to be developed, right? That means it's more honoring to the Lord to try to rebuke someone or correct someone and do it in the wrong way and then recognize it and then maybe handle it the right way than it is to say, oh, I'm nervous about correcting them, so I'm not going to do it at all. Well, that would be hidden love. And so the Lord says, no, no, no. Right? We need to work on communicating openly and communicating lovingly, even if it needs to be to bring a word that seems wounding at times. Right? You love someone enough? Think about this for a minute. If I'm more concerned about how I feel going to talk with someone about something, and therefore I don't obey the Lord in it, I am more concerned about myself then I am learning how to communicate things that may be hard and then not doing it in the right way, right? And so we're prioritizing God's desire for our life. We're prioritizing love of another over love of our own comfort. And we're saying, I need to grow in this and I need to work in this and I'm not going to do it right. And if I don't, well, let me say it. Let me back up. We don't always fail to do it correctly. But sometimes what I'm getting at is when we're learning this, we, we don't do it all right. And even if we're good at it, hear that, right? We still don't always do it right. And so then we learn how to apologize. We learn how to reconcile. We learn a bunch of whole other good Christian living biblical truths that the Lord uses to humble us, right? So we are to speak the truth in love. We're to give encouragement. We're to meet the needs and bear burdens of others. The fourth style is sometimes our relationships can be closed and unloving, right? Sometimes we are uh, talking behind someone's back instead of to them. You'd say, well, that's open communication. No, 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 it's gossip or slander. Unless, unless you're speaking to somebody else genuinely, and there's where you have to really guard our hearts and ask the Spirit for help. Genuinely seeking Christ-honoring wisdom from someone that is more mature in the faith than you are. Not talking about something and, oh, pray for them. They're really struggling with this. Right? We've got to really guard our hearts there. Right? Maybe you give someone insincere compliments. Flattery. Flattery is ungodly. You're, you're concealing your lack of love 
by giving profuse compliments. Think about Judas going to meet Jesus in the garden. And he's hatched a plan. He's taken his silver and he's hatched a plan. And he said, the one who I kiss on the cheek. And he finds Jesus. He speaks to him as though publicly he's honoring him, but everyone knows. Jesus knows. In fact, not much prior, Jesus has washed his feet. Not much prior, Jesus has said, the one who I dip my bread in at the cup at the same time is the one who's going to betray me. Can you imagine that deep gulp? And so since the best of these is open, loving communication, let's consider how we can do this in a way that benefits and blesses others. How can we do this? What are some simple, practical ways? But I want to pause for a minute. I want to ask you if you're at a point here where you're saying, you know, wrap it up already. I am who I am. This is how it's going to be. And I'm really not interested in growing in this way. I'm just not good at talking to people and that's the way it's going to be. Well, I would say everyone at every skill level, at every spiritual maturity level can take one step forward in growth in Christ, surrender to the Lord, humility, and practical active obedience. Every one of us in here, it doesn't matter how young or how old you are. In fact, if you've got a close enough relationship with someone, it's a great opportunity to ask your spouse. <clears throat> Not to tell your spouse. Let's just be clear who I'm talking to here. I'm talking to everybody. But to say, would you help me grow in this area? Instead of, oh, I need help you grow in this area. You see what I'm getting at? Will you help me grow in this area? Sure. How, how can I best do that? Starts a great conversation. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. That means hard truths at times build up. It doesn't mean everything is nice as it fits the occasion. That's a tough one there. That it may give grace. What's grace? Undeserved kindness. That it might give undeserved kindness or grace to those who hear. So under, uh, open and loving communication, it, it's rightly motivated, right? There's nothing that's intended to be corrupt, but only as such as is good for building up or for edifying, right? It's the idea of building up the body of Christ, when my motive is to love someone else as a conduit of grace, meaning I've received grace upon grace from the Lord, and I am to receive that grace, apply it to my life, and then allow it to flow through my life, through my words, through my actions toward others. We're all called to that. Do we do it correctly all the time? Of course not. But that never allows us to set a disposition that says, I'm not good at this, and therefore I don't have to try. Anybody who coaches a sport it would rather have a, a, a player who doesn't necessarily have all the skill but gives it their all than a player who's got the skill and is arrogant and doesn't try.
So we're building others up. It's not simply nice speech, nor is it flattery, right? We want to communicate in the right way at the right time in the right circumstance. I was reading this this week in Proverbs uh, 27, 14 tells us, whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing, right? It is 5 a.m. It's just starting to get a little bright outside. Hey, neighbor, glad you're my neighbor. That was a little bit loud. Well, that's the point. They're like, oh, I'm not glad you're my neighbor. I mean, I was until five seconds ago. You get the idea. Wrong way, wrong circumstance, wrong timing. Just a couple chapters earlier, Proverbs 25, 11, beautifully frames it. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Beautiful piece of jewelry adorning someone for the right event. The right word in the right occasion, in the right way. It's beautiful. Some practical ways to do it. I'm going to give a, quite a list here. I've got scripture verses for them, but I'm not going to put them all up on the screen. I'll, I'll list the ways on the screen, but not... Not all the verses with them. I'm happy to send them to you if you like them, but sometimes you need to apologize sincerely. It's one of the hardest ways to communicate openly and lovingly. So you just communicate. I'm sorry, I messed up. Will you forgive me? Again, we're not just rattling off words. We're, we're wanting to communicate the intent of our heart. Right? Look for ways to praise others and then praise them. Praise isn't flattery. There's a, a, great, there's a book, I'll, I think I'll put it up on the screen uh, afterwards. Um, but we've got it at the Resource Center. Two books. One's called Practicing Affirmation, God-Centered Praise of Those Who Are Not God by Sam Crabtree. In the back, there's a list of a hundred ways to, pre- to affirm someone. You're like, I don't know where to start. And he gives a hundred ways. Maybe 99 to do that. A second book, uh, When Words Matter Most, Speaking Truth with Grace to Those You Love. Third, listen well. Listen to understand. Not, not, not listening to respond. So listening well, talking to others. Share where you're hurt. Open, loving relationships communicate about oneself as well. It's not just about correction. We communicate about ourselves to someone. We open up our lives to them, and often they will open up their lives to us. Spend time with one another. If you need to bring correction, try to bring correction in ways that are gentle. It doesn't mean if someone gets hurt by what you said, it's always your fault, right? We have to be careful not to go too far to the other side of that. But try. Try to be gentle in in what you say. Correct, even rebuke at times someone in the right way with the right motive, right? Sometimes what people need in order to gain the courage to rebuke someone is to be frustrated enough. Well, that's the wrong reason. You've waited too long. You've disobeyed too long. And now you have to be really cautious that the Lord helps you uh, to do so in a right way, right? Sacrifice, self-sacrifice, submission to God-ordained authority, right? Kids, 
wives, husbands, church family, brothers and sisters, all the way around. Wherever you are relatively in relationship with others, the Lord's called us to submit to God-ordained authority, as long as they're not telling you to do something that's directly contrary to the Lord's word. Saying I love you. Don't just think it. Say it. Say it often. Oh, it makes me uncomfortable. I didn't grow up with that. It's okay. Awkward never killed anybody. Give encouragement. Purposeful, intentional, truthful encouragement. So appreciation for who someone is or the work that they've done or something that you've, you know about them or, or have witnessed in their life. Help one another because it's more blessed to give than to receive. So say, how can I come alongside of someone? How can I build an open and loving kind of relationship with them? Now, I know this is a sermon about our words, but our words and our lifestyle are to complement one another. Bear one another's burden. Give a warm smile or an appropriate touch. Call someone. It's my generation. Text someone. Write a note, an expression of love. Ask for help. Hey, I'm working on this or I'm thinking this through and could you give me a hand with this? Could you help me think this through? Ask for help. When someone's come to you and apologized, ask for forgiveness, express forgiveness. Christ has forgiven us of so much. Who are we not to forgive someone else? Well, I don't know if they're really, really, really true. Well, the Lord does, so we leave that to him. I have to add the caveat. Forgiving someone does not always mean instantly restoring all trust. That's a whole other series of sermons, but it's, I need to say it. Lovingly discipline your children. Parents, often we don't discipline because it's inconvenient. Consistently disciplining our children is quite inconvenient. It means you have to discipline them in the grocery store. It means you have to discipline them when it changes your agenda for the day. It means sometimes uh, uh, enacting a consequence that, that you guys have maybe talked about or just seems right for what you need to do in the moment means you're going to have to deal with several days, weeks, months. I, I remember one time I got grounded for an entire summer. And then after uh, about two days, I just griped incessantly enough. My parents let me go. Like, oh, you know, you're just grounded between like 9 p.m. and 8 a.m. It's like, okay, thanks. I'm not just ripping on them. I've done that kind of thing with my kids too. It's inconvenient to maintain, keep my word for a consequence, right? Lovingly discipline your children. Use your gifts to serve others. And then in one sense, just basic evangelism and discipleship. We're, we're talking about the way that Jesus has worked in our own lives and we want to help other people understand that he will work in their lives also. And so we communicate that to them. One commentator beautifully captures it this way. As the potter quickly and neatly forms a vessel on his wheel, thus a fit and a quickly framed word. How beautiful it is when someone even or especially in a challenging moment rests in God's grace and shares a word of truth to their spouse, to their child, to a friend, 
and the others who are hearing, I'm sorry, the other hears with humility, with understanding, and with the same grace of God. This is God's love. Christ's love flowing through the conduit of his or her heart and lips to the ears and the heart of the one listening. It's the beautiful pottery being shaped before your eyes on the heavenly potter's wheel. How true it is when grace is present that the master potter is doing his best work. As a listener, as one who hears, be humble in Christ because it's better. It's better to have someone rebuke or correct you in the wrong way than it is for someone to love you and hide it. As one who's listening, it's, it's better when a friend wounds us with their correction for our good. And we are wise to hear it, to receive it. Plenty of people in your life who will flatter you with all kinds of words. If you just run to people who flatter you, you will not grow. Flattery is not honest. It's not helpful. It doesn't build up. It doesn't edify. And flattery abounds. It's all around us. God's called us to live in, in open and loving relationships.